Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 713. And today, I'm excited because I'm going to share with you how this guy created a seven-figure business not selling one item on Amazon and how he did it selling spy gear. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Now, here's the other thing I want to share with you. I met him in person at a TAS meetup in Fort Worth, Texas. As you may have heard, we're having an event called Brand Accelerator Live coming up here, and depending on when you're listening to this, it is, uh, it's going to be coming up very shortly in September. Uh, but I met him there because we were there, I say we, myself, and my team, uh, we were there scoping out the venue for the event. And uh, I said, you know what, while we're here, we might as well do a TAS meetup because we try to do those wherever we are, you know, maybe traveling to or if there's an event, whatever. It's a great way to uh, to hang out with some TASers, some action takers. And uh, that's what we did. And uh, and he showed up and I didn't realize that he was uh, he's also a mutual friend. We have a mutual friend, Mike Jackness and uh, also uh, Andrew Udarian. And uh, so I didn't realize that, but he showed up and he's like, you know, I've been, I've been wanting to meet you. And uh, I figured I'd come by and, uh, and get to shake your hand and just kind of shoot the breeze a little bit. And that's what we did. And uh, then he started to tell me his story. And I'm like, holy cow, like we got to get you on the podcast because what you're telling me is you're not selling anything on Amazon right now and you're still a seven figure business. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, we got to hear more about this. And so I started digging into his story and I said, you know what? We, we definitely got to get you on. The crazy thing is, is when I got him on here to do this, uh, this, this interview or discussion, uh, that we had, uh, we started to dig into really how he even arrived at this new business or having this new business. And it's crazy how you can see the chain of events that generally happen that lead you there, uh, which is crazy. So you're going to kind of hear from like how he was living in his parents' basement to how he landed a job, which introduced him to surveillance. And then from there, how he landed another uh, opportunity uh, to start another business with uh, one of the, I think it's the co-creators, he'll tell you in the interview, um, of uh, the show Cheaters. I don't know if you guys ever remember that show where people would spy on their significant other and see if they were cheating. Well, he was able to partner with him. You're going to hear about that and then how that kind of fell apart and then how he you know, now started this other business about four and a half, five years ago now. But then also I found out that he landed uh, an interview on the Tim Ferriss show. And I was like, well, wait a minute here, time out. We got to hear about that. So we dig into that and it's, this is really, really a great interview and I can't wait for you guys to hear it again, just to kind of give you some of those bullet points. We're going to talk about how he is running a business without having any sales on Amazon. And then also how he gets traffic today, how he is going to get traffic in the future, some things that he feels is a huge advantage and a a huge opportunity for you and me to be able to go out there if we're willing to put in the effort, the, uh, the work. And some of these things, actually a lot of these things are things that I've already kind of mentioned, but we're going to dig into it and you're going to hear his philosophy on that as well. All right. So again, this happened because I met someone in person. If you're not going to meetups or events, you need to start doing that. And uh, this is where I should remind you that if you're not attending Brand Accelerator Live yet, you probably should because people like uh, like Alan is going to be there or are going to be there. And if I didn't mention his name, his name is Alan Walton. Uh, great guy. Um, but uh, yeah, there's people like this that you meet along the way. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of times those relationships turn into something else or another connection that's made because you've actually shook hands and uh, you got to to hang out for a little bit and kind of, you know, shoot the breeze a little bit, if you will. All right. So again, brandacceleratorlive.com. That's our upcoming event. I am recruiting and having a whole bunch of action takers come together for two solid days. And I've got some great expert uh, speakers that are coming in that are going to be not just speaking, but teaching. And uh, there's no fluff here. This is going to be actionable, uh, you know, actionable uh, sessions that are going to be able to help you build and grow your business and your brand. So brandacceleratorlive.com. Uh, definitely go check it out if there's still tickets available. If not, get on that wait list and we'll let you know if we have any uh, any that open up. All right, so with that being said, let's dive into this interview that I did with my now new good friend, Alan Walton. Enjoy. Hey, Alan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. How you doing? 
doing real well. Actually, just before the call, I was saying like, you know, things are really not all that great, but I'm tempted to just say doing real well so I didn't have to like get into the weeds on it. But Well, I think we're going to get into the weeds. I think that's important. <laughs> that's why I wanted you to come on uh, is to really talk about your story. But you and I, we met recently in Texas. Actually, we were there uh, scoping out yep. our venue for Brand Accelerator Live and um, we had a little TAS meetup and you, um, you showed up and uh, we have some mutual friends. Uh, Mike Jackness being one of them. And um, I think Andrew Udarian too, as well, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So we've got some mutual friends and, um, and you showed up and you're like, you know, I've, I've, you know, wanted to just kind of swing by and kind of get to meet you and meet the people. And, and then here we are. So we're going to, we're going to dive into your story because you're, you're a little different than everyone else out there. What I mean by is like, you're not dependent on Amazon because you're not, I don't even, you're not even selling on Amazon right now. Are you, or are you at all? No. Yeah. I've, uh, I started my company about five years ago, and we have not had a single sale on Amazon. That's crazy. We got to talk about that. We got so was that by design, or was that like uh, you know you just haven't gotten around to it yet? Uh, there's a couple of different reasons that uh, I've never went the Amazon route. So uh, first of all, I sell like surveillance equipment. So I guess you could kind of call it like spy gear, surveillance mm-hmm. equipment, things like yeah. hidden cameras, GPS trackers, covert audio, all sorts of weird little things. And Amazon actually uh, prohibits a lot of those items. So if Ooh, you went, okay. I, I can't remember what it is. I think it's called the prohibited items list. Okay. Um, most of the stuff I sell is just straight up prohibited. Oh, um, that okay. doesn't mean there aren't people selling it on Amazon because I go there all the time. Mm. And, you know, there's some... Uh, international sellers that get a listing up, but it eventually gets deleted. You know, Amazon's pretty good about pulling those Mm. down. Um, And so that was one of the main reasons. And then the stuff that wasn't prohibited, um, like let's say hidden cameras, Mm -hmm. um, they actually do allow those. However, um, the problem becomes people use these products and within like 24 to 48 hours or whatever, or like a week, they generally get the answer that they needed. Like they found out who was stealing something from the... Mm break room or they found out what employee was uh, doing something that they shouldn't have been doing. Um, and then they just r- straight up return the item because they don't need it anymore. Really? So, hmm. Yeah. They treat it like a renting service. And I know this because at a previous company that I worked at, that was the exact same problem that they had. Mm. So that's why when I started my company, I just didn't even bother with Amazon. Gotcha. Um, huh. Yeah. It's, it's a technical product, requires a lot of tech support. I've noticed that. Um, Amazon customers in particular seem to be very sensitive. Like if the product doesn't work right out of the box, then they get very, um, they just want to send it back and get a refund. They're not Mm. willing to go through us teaching them how to use the product. So, gotcha. Gotcha. Let's back up. Let's talk about how you got to, to this point though. Like, cause I mean, you had, you had a really cool story. I mean, we could share that maybe a little bit later, but how you, how you were traveling, I think it was in China and you took this was it was a, a either a subway or a train? Oh yeah, that yeah. was a crazy story. But maybe <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that just to kind of give people a little glimpse into your world. But let's go back a little bit. So, what got you really into e-commerce or selling online in general? Like, let's let's go back a little bit and kind of get people caught up to how you got to where you are today. Sure. So before we can talk about selling online, I need to take just like uh, go back a couple steps because I was working in a brick and mortar store brick and mortar retail store so okay. here in texas we have like a chain of uh surveillance stores okay uh, all owned by the same guy they had multiple locations and one day i was eating at uh <laughs> like a, a brunch place next door and at the time i was just I, I was unemployed i was playing world of warcraft way too much okay and my parents weren't really super happy about it because you know i was still living at home this right. was like 10 years ago okay. and uh there was a there's a surveillance store next door that sold um, just regular CCTV equipment for businesses and homes and um, but then they also sold spy gear and I thought that was kind of cool and they had a help wanted sign and my mom actually made me apply <laughs> so I had to go inside <laughs> and like ask for an application I filled it out I didn't hear anything back um, but then I uh, I don't know I decided to go back and follow up on the application and I guess they liked that and I ended up getting a job there. And so that's where I learned about surveillance and equipment and all the different types of customers that use this stuff. So Mm. we're talking like private investigators, police departments, insurance fraud, just regular people that have problems that they need this sort of stuff to, you know, solve whatever issue they're going through. Right. 
Mm. that's causing them like some sort of emotional or financial distress. And so I worked in the store for two years. I learned everything you could want to know about uh, sales because, you know, I was talking face to face with customers. I would close mm. sales. I would manage inventory. I would try and sell stuff on Craigslist. So I guess that's kind of where the e-commerce thing started. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but then uh, one of my customers um, was actually uh, pretty like it's a it's a big reality TV show. Most people have heard of it. It's not on the air anymore. It's called Cheaters. Yeah, it's, I know that yeah. one. Yeah, so they were a customer of mine. They would buy. Oh, wow. uh, they had a private investigator that would buy stuff from me, and okay. I used to um, uh, just chat with them because it was fun. It was like a, it was just a TV show. Yeah, and most people had heard of it, and so it's just kind of fun to be with people who are like in the TV industry or whatever. Sure. And um, one day they, the guy that I did business with, he came in and he's like, "Hey, look, uh, the guy that um, produces the show." Uh, is really interested in opening up his own spy shops uh, like around the country. And so I went and had lunch with them and I was, uh, you know, they pitched me on it and wanted to see if I would leave my company and go start something with them. And I was like, I'll do it, but I do not want to open a brick and retail, uh, brick and mortar store because it just is terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's go online and then we can use this television show that you guys have that airs internationally and we can start an online store and we could sell everything there. And then, you know, that way we're not having to deal with uh, physical locations at all. And we can just ship customers a product. Sure. And so I went and did that for like three years. And over that time, that's where I learned about e-commerce. The day that I had lunch with those guys, I actually started calling around all the Barnes and Nobles to find a copy of building a Yahoo store for dummies because Yahoo was the, the like the best e-commerce. Yeah. 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 There. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it hasn't changed a bit in the last 10 years, in case anyone's wondering. Um, <laughs> it's still very it, much the same. But uh, I w went and bought a book on how to start a Yahoo store for dummies. And then I actually reached out to the author who sent me even more resources. And then I learned about just all that stuff, SEO, paid ads, self-taught myself, all of that, and ran that company for a couple of years, read the 4-Hour Workweek. And when I felt like it was time to leave that company. Uh, about a month after I left, I decided, you know what, I've read this, you know, amazing book that's like changed my outlook on life and just brought me so much opportunity. Um, really grateful for the work that Tim Ferriss has done. And uh, I think that I owe it to myself to give this a shot. And so mm. I decided to start my own company, which is called Spy Guy. Mm, nice. Uh, Love it. Yeah. And I uh, started that just over five years ago. Yeah, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. Let me ask you this though. I know people are going to be asking this as well. Why, why did you leave that company then? I mean, it seems like that'd be a great opportunity. You get national exposure. Uh, what, what happened there? It was a great opportunity. I've, I got to learn so much by running that. Mm. Um, but after about two and a half years, um, there was just some trouble like within the company that had uh, I don't know how much I want to get into it. Uh, no, no, that, you don't have you don't have to. I mean, just I, yeah, I think everyone's just kind of curious. You have a good editor because I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wait on that. We'll do that after, and then we'll see what we can piece in. Uh, <laughs> sure, that yeah. sounds good. <laughs> but so it just was internally there was some conflicts, there was some issues uh, uh, within a company. Anytime you have a company, I didn't like how the company was being run. Yeah. So even though I started this whole thing from the ground up, and the guy that. Um, you know, funded the entire operation. He still owned all of it because mm. I was young and I didn't know any better. And, you know, so I didn't really have any leverage there at all. Uh, gotcha. No equity or anything. Mm. And so even though I did the whole thing uh, by myself for like a few years, plus all the employees I ran, mm. um, we just didn't see eye to eye. I had no leverage on it. I felt like an employee at that time. Mm. Like, and I was just around all these really amazing people. And I felt like I was being held back by being at this company where I was being paid well, but I just hated it. I just couldn't work for, I couldn't work for them anymore. And mm. so I just felt the need to leave. I didn't even have a backup plan. I just left. Mm. Uh, I gave two weeks notice because uh, I didn't want to get any trouble or anything like that. Mm. And then I just did nothing for like a month afterwards. And then I was like, okay, you know what? If I've been this Tim Ferriss fanboy for the last however many years, last five years, it's probably time to actually like put up or shut up and actually like start my own company. And yeah. so that's, yeah. Well, happened. you know, you know, what's cool about that story though, Alan is, is like, and I think you'd agree like that two, three years, whatever of that time is 
what got you to where you are today in a sense, right? It's Without those lessons. Yeah, I that mean, was entirely worth it. I mean, huge. I got to learn everything about e-commerce, just yeah. somebody else's dollar. Like yeah. I got all sorts of different stuff yeah. and I was given full control over it. And yeah, I'm super grateful about it. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, and some people would be, you know, I mean, I'm sure you were upset at stuff at the time, but I mean, now you're looking back at it, oh, yeah. like, that was kind of like a, uh, like a college education better because you were actually in the trenches doing it Absolutely. and building and forced to, to learn certain things and all of that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And this guy didn't even know me at all. Like he just, crazy. he just knew that I knew what I was talking about and gave me a chance. I'm, mm. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's that's really good. And now you have your own spy company in a sense, uh, which is pretty awesome. Uh, So what? Okay, so let me let me actually ask you this, though. So, Tim Ferriss, were you on his show or were you because I I think I seen a part where you were either on his show or you had some communications with him? Yeah, I was on his show um, back in December of 2018. So at the time of recording, that was probably like nine months ago. Okay, And how did that how did you land that? Man, it, uh, it was a, a long journey that actually just ended up like falling into my lap, like at the last minute, it's kind of weird. Like I had worked for a long time to just kind of like, you know, everyone wants to meet their heroes. And so I had always been, um, trying to like somehow get his attention or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like responding to him on Twitter and Facebook or like, sending him a four hour work week case study because he's got like a web form on his website mm-hmm. where you can submit that sort of stuff. Sure. Um, and so basically what, how this ended up happening was back in, I want to say it was 2016. So three years ago, I was using a tool called help a reporter out Okay. and uh, Haro for short. Uh, it's actually one of the tools that he lists in four hour work week as being really helpful for getting media. Okay. And sure enough, I see an, a listing in there. It's somebody who's writing for Forbes and she's looking for million dollar one person businesses. And I'm okay. like, okay, this is the one that I need to respond to because there's a lot of crap on that sure. uh, service. Um, but Forbes, one million dollar one person business, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people responding to this one. Yeah. So I reached out and um, it, she's an author. Her name is Elaine Pofelt. And she did a story about me and three other people. Uh, who were running million dollar one person businesses. Mm -hmm. And in my interview, I had uh, mentioned Tim a bunch. And when the interview went live on Forbes, um, they decided to lead with a photo of Tim Ferriss on the, uh, on the website. And so I was like, dude, I got to get this in front of Tim. I think he's really going to enjoy it. And maybe he'll like share it with his audience and maybe I can get a little bit more exposure that way. And so I actually set up alerts on my phone for uh, like Twitter alerts mm-hmm. so that I could see the moment that he posted. And I waited until he did like a genuine post and not like a scheduled one. Yeah. And like he's asking his audience for feedback or whatever. And then I sent him the Forbes URL like instantly. And I'm like, hey, Tim, uh, got interviewed for Forbes with a few other people. And um, they actually are featuring you on the in the article because we were all inspired by the four hour work week. And he immediately like retweeted it to everyone, set, put it on his email list, put it on Facebook and all that other stuff. And then it like shot up to like hundreds of thousands of views, like over the next couple of days. Oh my gosh. Uh, and so that's, uh, Elaine ended up getting a book deal. So that segment, like million dollar one person businesses, it ended up, uh, not segment, the story or whatever. Yeah. It ended up being a recurring feature on Forbes and they covered a bunch of other entrepreneurs that were running $1 million one-person businesses. She gets a book deal, and then she is promoting her book. And I'm pretty sure that she and Tim are like under the same like publishing company. Oh, wow. And so she got introduced to Tim, and then she pitched him on the idea of doing 4-Hour Workweek case studies um, on his podcast because oh, she had run okay. into so many of them mm. and it pitched me from, uh, so she gave him a list of names and he pitched me on there. And then Elaine asked if I was going to, um, if I was interested in being on his podcast. And so I was actually going down to Austin anyways, like the next day for an event that she was having. And we ended up doing the podcast like the, the next day. Now, and, did you record the podcast in person or was that, um, yeah. like we're doing? Okay. Also, yeah, it was, it was in person. person. And, uh, oh, it was, cool. it was great. I had a really good time. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, so what was it? Was it everything you expected? 
yeah um tim is uh tim's exactly who you think he is mm-hmm. he's super cool super down to earth super smart great to hang out with uh really funny uh, full of just yeah just i'm just coming off like i'm in love with him and i kind of am well you, but, you, you, yeah, have, a, you have a man crush it's okay yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> um yeah so if uh if you think tim's a cool dude and he's helped you out then yeah he's exactly who you think he is if yeah. you're one of these people that don't really get what you know makes tim tim and why people like him then i don't know that i'm ever going to convince you otherwise right, but right. um yeah he's a really cool dude and That's i'm awesome. grateful that the whole thing happened it felt very like cathartic or whatever yeah yeah just because i owe a lot of a lot of the good things that have happened in my life came from meeting other people or reading tim's work and then meeting other people that also you know we could Mm. bond over it and stuff so that's fantastic man i love that I, i just love digging into like how things i mean even you you know going in applying for a job getting the job in you know basically surveillance and then so weird, right? And then having cheaters guy come in and then you strike a deal there. And then from there you leave that. And in the process, you're reading four hour work week and you're, yeah. you know, stalking, should I say stalking Tim Ferriss? Uh, and so, you're, so you're kind of stalking him in a, in a good way. And, uh, and then you, you get on his show, which is, it's just amazing. I, I love all these, I usually call these like take action moments. It's kind of like there's these little moments that you took an action and then look at the effect that it had on your life and your career and, it's just, it's amazing. I, I love seeing all of that stuff. So that's really cool. I, I didn't even know that. I just, I thought I remember seeing that you were, um, that you were on Tim Ferriss. Um, yeah, so we never talked about it or anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, that, that's awesome. Um, and oh, by the way, I did uh, talk to Jackness, Mike Jackness after you and I had met and, and I told him I had met you and stuff and he goes, Oh yeah, yeah. Alan's an awesome guy. So yeah, he, he said you're, uh, <laughs> Mike's, re- re- Mike's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great, it, it's can I share really, Mike's story. Can I share Mike's story just real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Share it, please. Uh, I'll make it super brief. Unless I, Mike, I mean, for the first time, I, no, I, it's I, a great can you embarrass him? I, I, I would really like to embarrass uh, him here no. on the show. We can't do that? Okay. Well, right. I can, can still I share can, it. it. It will reveal that he is a total workaholic. Basically, <laughs> well, we, we met know. for like the first time and we were chatting and it was like the end of the year, uh, like in like in 2016. Okay. And uh, we were hanging out and stuff. And I'm like, man, I could just really use vacation. I just haven't had any time to just uh, wind down from all the work that I've been doing. And I don't know, you got any recommendations? And he's like, well, you ever think about going to Costa Rica? And I was like, no, but okay, tell me. And he's like, yeah, I used to live in Costa Rica and I actually have a place down there. Um, he has like a timeshare and he goes, I have a timeshare and I got a full week uh, and I'm not going to be able to go because I'm too busy. Do you want to go down there with a bunch of your friends or whatever? And I'm like, are you for real? Like we just met. And he's yeah. like, yeah, no, it's cool. And so he let me stay at his place in Costa Rica for like uh, five or six days. And I was That's able to fly great. a bunch of my friends down. And we had a great time. Yeah, that's hysterical. While, while he was working. <laughs> yeah, that's hysterical. Well, it's funny. I, I actually just got back from Austin, actually. Um, I was hanging out with um, with Mike and uh, Steve Chu and um, and Greg Mercer. And uh, we uh, we found a new love for pickleball, by the way. You ever play? You ever play pickleball? Everyone. Everyone is talking about pickleball right now. I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> um, so uh, Greg actually bought some rackets. And then um, we uh, I, I arrived and they're like, we're playing pickleball. I'm like, I've never played. And they're, they're like, it's just like tennis, you know. And Mike's a pretty good tennis player. And so anyway, it got it got uh, pretty, uh, pretty intense. And so every every uh, opening that we had to to slide over to the court, we did. And uh, I mean, it was it was really uh, hot, humid, um, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, so now we have this running joke. I literally I didn't realize that I have courts near my house. And now when I got back, I started documenting myself doing you know, like kind of practicing. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, you guys wait, because the next time we meet, we're having a tournament and I'm going to kick all your butts. So, uh, yeah, now we have this on uh, this running joke uh, about all of that. So uh, and, and Mike, Mike, oh, Mike, Mike, had, well, well, Mike, Mike had to stop playing because his feet were so sore. I'm not even kidding. He had like <laughs> blisters on his feet. So we were busting on him because he's supposed to take a hike and stuff. It was it was funny, but it was. It was a, it was a mess, but anyway, go ahead. He's just driving an RV around the country. Yeah, I know. I know pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, uh, so what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say next time, um, Andrew Udarian, he's doing his e-commerce fuel live. They always have a, uh, a basketball tournament or whatever Mm. for attendees. And I'm like, I I have no interest in playing basketball, but I would totally do a pickleball. Oh, that'd uh, be amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know if you've gone to one of those before, but I've seen Steve there and 
and Mike is there. And I think Greg went once, but okay. Yeah. I have not attended, but I may, uh, in the future, actually, uh, Andrew yeah, and I have become, uh, better friends over the past couple of years. So yeah. Um, for, I would definitely, uh, um, attend that. I just got to see what the dates are, but anyway, let's move on here into what's going on now in, in your world. Um, you have this new business. Well, I say new business five years now. Yeah. Just over five years, just over five years. And okay. So what was it like to start from scratch again? Let's talk about that. Oh, uh, so like after I quit that company. Yeah. And you're uh, like, okay, now what do I do? You know? And so then you decide to start your own company. What was that like? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, quit that one company, uh, just kind of moped around for like a month. Uh, I didn't really do anything. Uh, honestly, it's a blur. Like I, I couldn't tell you a single thing, uh, that I did at that time, hmm. but I do remember getting, a like a feeling in the pit of my stomach when I logged in my bank account and I saw those numbers going down because <laughs> I wasn't yeah. getting a paycheck anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I need, I need to decide what I'm going to do here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, do I want to go work for somebody else after, you know, what I just went through or do I want, I want to start my own thing. And so, uh, what I ended up doing was, uh, I reread the four hour work week. I took extensive notes on it all over again. I had already done this like quite a number of times, but, um, I, I got a yellow legal pad and I wrote notes for the entire book. I answered all the questions and stuff like that. I did all of the exercises like fear setting. And I was like, dude, this could actually work out. And so, uh, I decided to pick all the tools that I was going to use for my business. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, e-commerce platform was a big one. Decided to go with Shopify because while I was, uh, goofing around with Yahoo and paying tens of thousands to developers at the time, when I started my own company, I could just buy a theme on the Shopify store for 140 bucks. Right. And it was great out of the box. Like the, some, whoever designed it was like, really had taste and they had studied Mm. like conversion rate optimization and just all this other really interesting stuff. And so I was able to get that theme for 140 bucks, incorporated the company for like 300. Um, I I set up the entire website and actually made the company like incorporated and legit and came up with a branding and logo and stuff all for under a thousand dollars. Wow. And, um, uh, I, but then I had to purchase inventory. And Uh so um, I purchased around $10,000 in inventory. I had enough for that in the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was able to talk some of my long-term suppliers, um, into, um, uh, sending me equipment. Usually they wouldn't give me like net 30 terms or anything like that mm-hmm. before at the previous company, but they did it this time because I was just starting out. They were helping me. They knew that I'd figure it all out. And, um, yeah. And, and some of them were willing to drop ship it for me. And so, so then, so what was your AdWords and went is that what it, is, I was going to ask you about traffic. So what was it? Was AdWords was your first kind yeah, of traffic? to get started? Um, because I needed sales like immediately and mm-hmm. I didn't have time to play the SEO game at all. I knew mm-hmm. that I, well, this wasn't going to work on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I had experience with running ad campaigns before. And okay. so I kind of knew what worked. Uh, but just to refresh myself, I bought like three or four books on AdWords. I read a lot of, um, AdWords related blogs mm-hmm. as well. And, um, I had also gone to like a few conferences too, like, um, internet retailer and PubCon where they talked about stuff like this. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I just tried getting as many resources as I, as I could. And I set up all the ad campaigns and stuff myself. And I, I ran all of that for the first year on my own before eventually hiring somebody to take care of it. Oh, wow. Okay. So now on your product side, were you, were you just drop shipping or were you, so I think you, you said you had some inventory, but some of it you were drop shipping. Yeah. Um, almost all of it I actually had like in the second bedroom of my apartment. Okay. So it's just littered across the floor. Cause I wasn't smart enough to just get shelves like at <laughs> Ikea or Home Depot or whatever. Right. Um, so it was just a disaster and I'm having to like tiptoe over all of this equipment. Um, uh, but some of them were willing to drop ship it, but, um, the, ma- the, the majority of it was me actually like packing stuff and then driving to the post office. Gotcha. Okay. And so, okay. So that's kind of like the beginning stages and stuff. And so what, ha- I, let me ask you this, what has been the biggest struggle for you growing this business in particular? Um, I, I'm trying to think of the right word here. 
Um, and I know that there's going to be s- different things, right? There's always different things, but and you're in the electronics, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a, that's a whole nother animal electronics in my world. Is, yeah. It's, it's awful. Nobody should do this. Um, <laughs> but, so we can, we can talk about stuff like that, but I will say that my biggest struggle has just been myself. Like mm. I, I don't want to say I'm an in, inherent lazy, inherently lazy person, but I do get like content. Mm. Um, I do my best when I'm competing against somebody or when there's like something going on. Um, so like for the last month I've been, um, working on a project that ha- really has me motivated and I'm turning out some really great work. But there was like a two or three year period in there where I could have been doing all sorts of things to grow this company, um, like focusing on not being so dependent on AdWords mm-hmm. and like taking the time to actually make some really great articles and generate some SEO traffic and maybe start manufacturing my own products. But instead, I just didn't do anything at all. Like I would, I would, um, I would wake up in the morning and I'd pull up my phone and I'd look at sales and I'd be like, you know what? That's pretty good. I don't really need to do anything today. And then I would mm. just like go and, uh, you know, just do nothing related to work at all other than like fulfill orders and handle customer service stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There, there was a point where money just wasn't doing it for me anymore. And I was just really disengaged with the business and mm. I, I'm paying for that now. <laughs> yeah. You play catch up, uh, right? Yeah, just uh, I, I'm kind of my own worst enemy in some respects. But and um, so, so like you said, like dependent on on AdWords, and and I'm glad that you brought that up because AdWords is a channel of traffic, right? It's a place where you go to get traffic, and we talk a lot about that as far as like being dependent on Amazon or being dependent on eBay or Etsy or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned building out content and possibly getting SEO. Do you do you still feel that that's something that businesses and brands should be doing, even though it's a longer road? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Um, because I, I can take a look at what, like, let's just say I'm looking at in my own niche, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I don't know about other people's niches, but let's just talk about mine for a second. Like I, I think it's wide open. Um, I do think I've built up a little bit of a moat around myself too, because Mm -hmm. I have this, um, none of my competition, they don't make the, they don't get in the media. Like I'm pretty okay at getting in the media, I, mm-hmm. I think. And so that helps me do things like build backlinks to my website, right? Which mm-hmm. help, helps my SEO or like helps me get on the Tim Ferriss podcast and brings me in front of a whole different audience who had no idea that my industry existed at all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cause typically the only people that shop with me, like they're, they're Googling cause they think that a GPS tracker is going to solve their problems or whatever. They'll see my ad, they'll click through, but you know, costs per clicks are getting higher and higher. Ask anyone. Mm. I mean, it's mm. just getting more and more expensive. But taking the time to do really great content, make good videos, informative articles, set up all kinds of crazy email flows and stuff in Clavio. Mm. Like, I think the potential is just incredible. And that's what has me really excited now um, mm. is, is actually growing this company and taking out all of my competitors who don't really seem to be doing a whole lot of this at all. Mm. And so I think there's a lot of your audience they have a lot of opportunity in their niches too. They just need to take a look and see what their competitors are doing. Use tools like Ahrefs. I'm really big on that. Mm. Uh, find out what their competition's doing, how they're ranking and what content they're putting out and just do something like that. Make it better. Um, I, I think there's all sorts of little small things that we can be doing to improve our, our SEO our paid ads. Um, and yeah, uh, you don't want to get too dependent on one channel like I've been over the years, like with AdWords. So like your listeners probably over dependent on Amazon. Yep. I'm definitely over dependent on, on AdWords. Like they could shut down my account like tomorrow and I'd be in big trouble. Mm. But um, yeah, that's why we're investing in other things like increasing customer, you know, order frequency, um, getting more organic traffic getting in the media, starting to manufacture our own products so that we can get better margins and then get maybe like, uh, sell wholesale, actually sell wholesale to some of our competitors or yeah, get right. it. There you go. So yeah. Um, let I, me I ask you, let me, let me ask you this, uh, because your, your product could be a tough one to have a repeat customer, right? Like you buy, oh my some, gosh, yes. right. You, you buy some cameras and you put them up and it solves the problem. You get to do surveillance on your house, whatever. Right. What do you do to, I guess, get people to, to buy more or refer you? Like what is, is there anything in your marketing right now that's allowing you to, 
to build out your shopping cart with a little bit more to the order um, and also getting new people in by referrals or whatever? Sure. Uh, I will say that I'm still figuring this out. And Aren't we all? <laughs> um, I'm not a genius. <laughs> I'm not a genius when it comes to this. In fact, there was a period where I was just convinced. I was convinced that we didn't need to email our customers. Why? Mm. Because we had had we had tried emailing them, and a lot of them would email us back, and they're like, "Are you crazy? Uh, don't email me. I want. I don't want to get anything from your company at all." Because a lot of these people, they're like getting like a hidden camera or whatever to find out what's going on, like in their family, like right. kids and spouse or whatever. And they like all share emails. And if they get a receipt from spy guy or whatever, they're like, don't we get customers that get upset oh, because really? we send them order confirmation emails. No oh, joke. And so I'm like, okay, forget this. We're not emailing our customers. But eventually <laughs> I came to my senses and I was like, all right, we're emailing our customers. And it's been like one of the best things that we've ever done. It's mm. just emailing them to keep them updated with new products um, we email customers and all of this stuff is being automated too through Clavio, which I think mm-hmm. is great. Um, but like if a customer buys a GPS tracker, um, but they didn't get the magnetic case that comes with, uh, that comes separately. Um, but you need that so you can stick it underneath the car. And mm-hmm. so we'll remind them like, Hey, you got this tracker, but we really think that you should get this, uh, magnetic case to go with it. That, that ends up great. And then also putting up sales. So if people add that tracker to their cart, then it says, Hey, we think you should get this tracker to go with it. Or, Hey, we've noticed that people who buy this tracker, they also get this other item. Mm. Right. Um, and then also, uh, I really, I haven't pulled the trigger on this yet because I'm still trying to figure out how to make it work, but we do see a lot of orders that come in from like law enforcement and private investigators. And so I kind of want to start a special program for them because mm. they go through our equipment a lot faster be- because they're using it so much. Mm. Um, and so like maybe it like gets damaged or whatever and they need another one or maybe they have people that they work with that are interested in this sort of thing. And so I'd like to get something going with uh, with those customers. And then also government contracts. That's only that's something that came on my radar just like in the last month or so. I found out this, I, don't, I have this competitor and I've always wondered how they're um, getting, their reputation is that they push a lot of product. And I, I've done all the competitive research on the website. I've tried figuring out, I've used Hrefs to figure out how much traffic they're getting and other tools to see how much they're spending on Facebook and on Google AdWords. And it doesn't look like they're spending much at all. I found out they're getting it all through government contracts. And so oh, now wow. that's a whole nother opportunity for me. Mm, and, and you discovered that by going through Ahrefs? Uh, uh, yeah, A-H-R-E-F-S. I don't know how to pronounce it. I know, me neither. It's A H R E F S, right? Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Uh, but then like SEM Rush or Spy yep. Fu for yep. the paid ad stuff. Yeah, um, and so yeah, um, I've I've also found recently that introducing new products, um, like my industry is kind of stagnant. There's not a whole lot of people making these items, which is mm-hmm. why I've gotten into manufacturing uh, some some of these products. Um, because we talk to our customers and we find out what they want. And a lot of times it's something that we don't actually sell, but we hear it so often that we're like, okay, you know what, maybe we should go ahead and and make this product. Mm. And so now I have a a hardware company that I've kind of partnered with, I guess you could say. And so we're developing all these different ideas for, um, for products that we think are going to be really popular with customers. And that's, then that's smart. Okay. Let me ask you this. Cause I know this is another one. Like people would say like, okay, content, how much content can you create around surveillance? Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, it's, it's not like how to, it's not like how to catch more fish or something, right? It's like how to catch, how to catch your wife cheating or whatever, or vice versa. Like, so what would, what would uh, someone to wrap their head around it? Like, is there content that you can create other than like how to set this stuff up and how to take it out of the box? So this is where I'm really revealing like how, <laughs> how much, uh, how little I've done. Um, basically I have, uh, I have a, a sauna board mm-hmm. where we have more than a hundred content ideas for just blog posts and articles. And we have barely written any of them whatsoever. Wow. Um, just because we've had things on autopilot for so long. Um, but, um, I've bought several different books on content. So can I recommend a few? 
if anyone or well maybe we can get them in the show notes i don't know yeah, yeah i can't yeah. remember the name off the top of my head yeah yeah <laughs> but, uh, we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll drop in anything that you have just send it to me and we'll just drop it in the show notes sure. For, for sure uh the uh so i read a few books on content marketing there's some really good blogs that are out there and some of them talk about how to come up with different blog ideas and so basically we came up with different categories of ideas so like mm. how to, how to articles so like how to uh, pick a GPS tracker, where how to use a GPS tracker, or um, you know um, how to use products, and then we have buyers guides. So most most people that shop with us, they have no idea um, uh, what product they need. They mm-hmm. just got a problem, and then they want the product that solves the problem. Right? right. And none of these people have used a hidden camera or GPS tracker before. So we talk about like how do you find a hidden camera? Um, how do you set up a hidden camera? Um, Maybe, uh, how do you catch employee theft? How do you find out if your kid's a drug dealer? (laughs) We get those calls. They're like, I think my kid's a drug dealer and I need to put a tracker on his car. Um, uh, And then we have different articles for private investigators or people who are thinking about using private investigators. Like uh, 10 reasons you should not hire a private investigator or 10 reasons you should hire a private investigator. There's all sorts of like these nifty little angles that you can take with people who are using our products or want to know more about them. And um, yeah, we've been able to brainstorm about a hundred different ideas that we're like really excited about and are, have started writing and throw those up on the website so that we can start getting traffic for those keywords that we're going to be putting in those articles that uh, will hopefully drive traffic to our website. Yeah, no, I think that's that's really smart. And I think, like you said, I mean, you, there's ways you can do it, but also look at your look at your competition, you know, and stuff, and see what they've been writing about. If they haven't been writing about anything, well, then that's actually another opportunity for you. But like you said, you got to be creative right. with it. But you got to think about the how tos. I think is a big one. Um, and um, and there's a bunch of different areas or different categories, like you said. It could be you know, trying to figure out where your kids are going without them knowing it and tracking them. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy that we got to do this stuff, but it's what people are actually searching for. So I could totally see that. Um, okay. The other thing is real quick before we wrap up is, and, and I'm sure you've already explored this. I think maybe you and I even might've talked about it was actually having a monitoring system, right? Like, like having a subscription where people would monitor. Is there anything in the plans for that for you? Or are you partnering with someone? Uh, so like GPS trackers, they do get recurring revenue. Um, so, and that's why, um, we like GPS trackers because they have, uh, a monthly charge due to the data plan that they have. It's like a GPS tracker, you know, it knows its location from a satellite out in space or whatever, but then it needs to tell the person where it is. And so it uses just like an AT&T or Verizon network to send that signal. Yep. And that's a monthly fee. So that's recurring revenue. Um, and that's why we can't bid on GPS tracker as like a keyword term on AdWords because you have all these fleet management companies that are spending like $10 a click or whatever. And oh they're selling gosh. trackers at a loss so that they can make it up on the back end with the recurring revenue. So we're not big enough that we can compete with that right now. But we do get get you know excited when a customer purchases a gps tracker from us because that does mean some monthly recurring revenue monitoring service i don't know i don't know anything about alarm services or anything like that unfortunately um yeah because the one that's the one that's blown up is uh the uh, the ring right the doorbell i mean that's huge yes yeah really smart and that was a shark tank Um, product it was yeah i saw that after they sold on uh to amazon i saw that clip of them online yeah it's pretty crazy Uh, yeah, the, uh, that's a great model. I mean, I would love to just do some more. Um, the broad, I would love to do some more broad surveillance stuff, like actually sell like security systems or like, um, yeah. I mean, recurring revenue would be great. I would totally recommend if somebody's looking for an idea uh, for like a new uh, niche to get into, get into something with recurring revenue, get into something that uh, is consumable. Right. So you get customers that are making repeat orders and stuff because my industry is just um, electronics don't have the best margins. Most of our customers are not repeat customers. There's no recurring revenue. That stuff's really important if you want to grow a business. So, Mm. um, yeah. Uh, no, that's good. That that's really good stuff. All right, man. Well, hey, I mean, we could go on for another hour, I'm sure, but uh, we want to, uh, you know, obviously respect your time and uh, the listeners' time. I, I 
I think your story is amazing. I think it's awesome just to kind of even share, even if we didn't even get into your business, just the background as far as how you got to where you are, I think is incredible. And for people listening, understand that what you're doing today doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be your, your lifelong work. It's the thing that's helping you or teaching you to get to where you want to go. And I think you're going to, you're going to change as you grow, right? As you get older, as you experience new things and those pivots are going to be normal. Um, just, you know, be on the lookout for them because they will appear and, um, and I think you've done a really good job of, of demonstrating that just by sharing your story. So I want to thank you for that. Is there any last little bits of advice for anyone that's, uh, thinking about either getting into the e-commerce space, um, and also maybe just pe- people that are currently in the e-commerce space, any little last little bits of uh, words of wisdom that you could give someone? Um, read a lot. There's mm. a lot of really amazing information out there. Just publish books or just blog posts or online forums. There's so much info out there. Like honestly, most of my time has just, uh, even since I was a little kid and just trying to figure out how to like play the guitar, like there's some really amazing, helpful people on online forums. Mm. And so like Reddit or just any niche websites that have forums enabled. Uh, There's all sorts of useful blogs. There's podcasts, there's YouTube videos. There's more information out there now than like ever before it's all right there um you'd be a joker not to pay attention to all the stuff that oh absolutely because you can like th- there's enough information out there for you to make some incredible stuff to mm. to just do incredible things and you just really need to pay attention and put in the effort and it's easier than ever um yeah find i other agree people, yeah find other people to take the journey with it's it's always better to do stuff with friends than it is to just go at it alone whether it's like you know, I'm not necessarily saying business partners, but find other people who are interested in the same things that you are, hang out with them. Environment is like everything. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling really isolated and like nobody gets, I, I felt that way for a long time. I live in a suburb of Dallas and you know, no, none of my friends are interested in running online businesses and like traveling and working out of cafes and stuff. Um, but you got to find those people that are interested in the same thing as you are because you'll motivate each other to, you know, be better. Um, yeah, I think that's mostly it. Oh, uh, yeah, just meet meet people in person too. Like, uh, I live in Dallas. It's really annoying to have to go to Fort Worth, but when I found out Scott was doing this event, <laughs> I was like, "All right, it's totally <laughs> worth it to drive for like an hour to get over to Fort Worth in this traffic, just so I can meet the him and the other people that um, they're just." they were just meeting up for drinks at the hotel while Scott was scoping out, uh, his event space. Hmm. And I met a lot of really cool people there. And, uh, I found out one of them, most of them are in the Dallas area. And so now I'm meeting up with all these other e-commerce sellers. I didn't even know. And so you, you gotta get out of the, you know, you gotta get out off the computer chair and like go out and meet people. Like it, it's really important. And so I've met more people, uh, you know, I'm getting to meet a lot more people through these, connections that I'm making with people in person, then, uh, I'm making friends like online. I, I don't know if I said that effectively very, very no, well. It, I mean, it, it's exactly right. And again, I mean, just being able to have you on the show now and meeting you and, you know, in person, it's, there's something different about that. And I, yeah. I agree. I think a lot of the connections that I've made have come from meeting people in person or just online. So getting around those people is really, really important. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. So how can people um, connect with you if they want to connect with you or if they want to learn more about you? Uh, So I'm mostly active on Twitter. Uh, My handle is uh, my name, Alan, A-L-L-E-N, third, because I'm the third Alan in my family. So A-L-L-E-N-T-H-I-R-D. I hate that I can't even get my own name. I just want slash Alan Walton and it's not even available. It's not even a common name. Oh, uh, it's hysterical. So I'm active on there. Reach out. I, I love to help. Um, I also have a, my business website, which is spyguy.com. If uh, you need any spy gear, <laughs> free to go there. Uh, and then I also have my website, alanwalton.com. There's not a whole lot on there. I threw it up at the last second. Like when they told me that my Tim Ferriss interview was going to go online, like three weeks before it was scheduled to. So I like crammed all and pulled an all nighter writing just like a couple blog posts on the website just for Tim's audience. So there might be a couple things on there that um, you find useful. So I talk about a lot of stuff that I wish I had mentioned on Tim's podcast, all the tools I use to run my business. Uh, But yeah, feel free to reach out and um, I'm happy to help. I like getting to know people who are interested in this sort of stuff. And that's it. 
thanks for having me. That's awesome, man. Alan, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Uh, you're an all around great guy. And, uh, I just, I, I wish we had more time. We might have to have you back on and dig into that story about you. Um, you know, thinking that you weren't going to make it out there alive and then you ended up surviving. So maybe we'll have to share that one on the oh, next, yeah. on the There's next a episode. Bunch of stories just within that one story. Yeah, uh, I know. It was incredible. It was incredible. <laughs> so Alan, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, uh, I'll definitely be uh, probably meeting you at an event uh, somewhere sometime in the upcoming year and uh, would really look forward to hanging out with you once again. So I appreciate you, man. Definitely. Thanks, Scott. All right. Well, I wasn't kidding, right? That was great. And let me just say something. I'm going to probably have Alan back on again because I need him to share that story of uh, him going to China and not knowing if he was ever going to come out alive. It was a a pretty crazy story, but you know, he's a go-getter. He does talk about wanting to live the four hour work week uh, and he does at times, but then he also gets antsy and he says, holy crap, I probably should do something. And uh, it's funny how we all kind of fall into these, these different, uh, you know, just different, I guess, chapters in our life or these, these different seasons. Uh, And uh, it's, it's just, it's part of being an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, it's what we love about it, but also what annoys us or frustrates us, us at times. Um, but when you get around people like Alan and like he was saying, like he didn't realize there was even people in his area until he came to our meetup. And then he's like, wow, I guess we should probably create something here and do it or come to your event. Um, so it is great to be able to bring like-minded people together. There's some magic that happens. Um, and I can pretty much trace a lot of, my success or just even my connections to meeting people in person, whether that's at a meetup like Kevin Sanderson, who now is my event coordinator for Brand Accelerator Live, met him because he was a listener, showed up at two different TAS meetups, presented this idea to me and said, uh, let me at least come back with something that I think um, could work for you and your audience. And I think that it'll be great. And he did. And here we are. And we're going to have our first ever live event called brand accelerator live. It's just crazy how things happen, but I met him in person. We shook hands. We had a beer together. We looked at each other in the eyes. We could see that we, uh, we definitely resonated with each other and here we are, right? That's the power of live events. So again, my little shameless plug here, uh, brand accelerator live, go there, grab a ticket if you haven't done so already, or go there and see if there's any available. And if not, Get yourself on a wait list. So this way here, we can let you know if anything comes up. All right, so brandacceleratorlive.com. It's happening in September um, 2019. And yeah, I'm super excited about it because there's people like Alan that you get to meet and uh, and hang out with. And uh, it's just those like-minded people are so, so important in our our businesses, but also in our lives. So uh, that's why I'm a big fan of being at live events. All right, so guys, that's going to wrap it up. The uh, show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 713. And uh, from there, you can grab the show notes, the transcripts, also some resources that he's going to give me, some of the things that he mentioned, he actually tracked down and he's going to, um, or he gave them to me so I can uh, put them on the show notes page. So definitely go check that out, theamazingseller.com forward slash 713. All right, guys, so that's it. That's going to wrap it up. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe leaving you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action, have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.